Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Praise God. If you have your Bible, go with me really quickly to, um, let me see. Uh, I'll get there and I'll tell you. First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. Let me see where I will begin reading uh, from verse 12 in just a second. Uh, <clears throat> I want to go ahead and just talk about, um, it's not the main, it's not the, it's not the main part of my message, but I just want to talk about the judgments of God. All right, now somebody's going, oh yes, please talk about them. Now, now, now I want to, I'm going to get to the judgments of God. Just give me, give me, I just want to propose and share some things here with you this morning. Um, and I have been dealing with, uh, I think, was it last week, Sunday, um, about the hour in which we find ourselves and we started to talk about Matthew chapter 24. Um, you know, that wars, rumors of wars, see to it that you're not frightened. Um, and and, and we're, we're right in that place right now. And so we understand that God is not the author of fear. Somebody say, God, God. is not the author of fear. Say this, in God... There is no fear. Say, in God is perfect love, is perfect faith. So that is part of the nature and character. Now, we know that the demonic forces in this world operate through fear and through intimidation and want the church to back down off of what the church's assignment is in the earth. Let me go ahead and tell you this, that Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the earth and to all nations, and then the end shall come. This gospel of the kingdom, the word kingdom there, like I shared with people on Thursday night, the word kingdom is basilia. In other words, God's rule and reign and dominion. This gospel of God's rule, reign, and dominion. How does God have rule, reign, and dominion in the earth? Through this thing called the church. Somebody said, we're not in the age of the church. We are in the age of the kingdom. And I say to you, both are correct. But, uh, you know, you can't say that we're in the age of the kingdom and not in the age of the church. We're absolutely, because what do you think the kingdom? Who is going to manifest the kingdom? The church. So don't get technical and snotty and all weird. Let me just tell you right now, we're, we're in the age of the kingdom that gets manifest through this thing called the church that Jesus left in the earth until He comes. So until Jesus comes, we are in the age of the church that manifests the kingdom. Amen. Okay, just so you know, Amen. the church manifests the kingdom. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. So anyway, so this gospel of the kingdom shall, and then the end shall come, which means, guess what? We have not fully seen yet the full capacity of the glory of the Lord that covers the waters as, as the earth, well, the, the waters cover, how do I always say that? Cover the sea as the water, no, never mind. I'm just not gonna even do it right now. I'm so tongue-tied, but y'all get what I'm saying. 
Cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so this gospel of the kingdom, so in other words, there is a church rising. While darkness is covering the earth, the church is rising. The beacon of light is rising. All right? And we've got to pray for our, our, our wonderful, was it Mike Johnson, that is now the speaker of... All right, just slow down, slow down. Let's just pray for him because he's not making good decisions already out the gate. All right? So we've got to pray for him. We've got to give him a chance. All right? He's just come out the gate. All right? We'll see. We'll see. He's trying to... It looks like he's siding with throwing a lot of money at Ukraine right now. But we'll see. <clears throat> anyway, let's move right along. I, I, I love who he is. For the first time in a very long time, we've got a conservative voice as Speaker of the House. Amen. Praise God. We could, there's something to celebrate. All right. So I'm not taking away from this. Just pray for him that he has the mind of God, that he, uh, that he does not succumb to the powers that be. Because let me tell you right now, uh, it, it's, he's, in, he's wearing the shoes. He's in the hot seat right now and he has to make some choices. And there's all kinds of voices being thrown at him. All right. So this gospel of the kingdom. So we're going to see the mighty manifestation of the glory of the Lord that, that's coming as we're seeing gross darkness cover the earth. Now, what's that got to do with judgments and what of that? I'm not, it's, it's, that's why I said, don't put too much weight on the word judgment that I'm using. I just want to go ahead and start you. I want to just show you something from the scripture that will move on here in just a few seconds. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. In other words, persecution was not a foreign thing for the church. Now, if you look at the context of uh, Peter and you read through 1 Peter and 2 Peter, there is a great deal of context that Peter is talking about the persecution that is coming, that is in the lives. I mean, we've seen persecution happening in the church since the time of, well, in Jesus' time, he was greatly persecuted. They tried to stone him, they tried to kill him. Listen, he would, nothing, they would never have ever achieved their goal in any case because it was not the time of the Father for him until he willingly laid down his life at the perfect time. Are you with me? So no, no matter which way. But now I'm talking for the church, there was great persecution. So persecution for the believer has never been something foreign. It's never been something foreign. Uh, you know, if you look at the, the ministry of somebody like Corey Ten Boom, Corey Ten Boom would have actually preached something along the lines that the church goes through persecution. Yeah. And I'm bringing this up because it is a message that is very foreign to Western Christianity. Western Christianity is freaked out by, by persecution. Why? Because it has never really surfaced and made it to the shores of this great land at the capacity that we're beginning to see it. Are you with me? I'm not here to preach a message of persecution. Like I said before, I don't wake up going, oh God, I thank you for the persecution that's coming. Oh, I rejoice. Thank you. Persecution come my way. Nobody's looking for persecution. Persecution comes. 
And I remember in 2020, around about the month of March, I actually wrote something down on paper and I saw coming into 2024 because it was in the third year. And bear in mind, let me just go ahead and say this. It was at the time where um, uh, Donald Trump was about to take his position for his second term. And in my mind, I would have seen him running in that second term, which we all know what happened there. All right, let me just say this. We're not, uh, uh, we're not election deniers. Donald Trump won the election, period. 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 All the truth is currently being revealed on that right now. And I'm not preaching a political message here. I'm not telling you that. Understand, understand that he was not liked by the Republican Party and he was not liked by the Democratic Party. Both sides of the aisle wanted him out. Donald Trump was neither Democratic, neither Republican. He did hold more to the side of the conservative voice, but he was a nationalist. In other words, America first. How can we look after the rest of the world if we can't even look after ourselves? Let's get our house in order first so that we can better serve the people of the world. But the other agenda of the world is to bring America to its knees economically. Wake up. Wake up. Anyway, so it was in that time that I saw and I wrote down on paper and I saw in what would have been, uh, what would have been uh, him coming into his second term that I saw that there was great persecution specifically coming to Christianity. And when I look at the way things are playing out right now, we're seeing the rise of an of a of an antichrist spirit. It's been always there, but th- that that spirit is being emboldened. We are on a fast track where the powers that be will want to silence the voice of the church regarding all matters. It doesn't matter that Christianity has proven over the course of time that we are a peaceful people. Do we want the whole earth to be saved? Absolutely, because the Bible says, and we come in accordance with the will of the Father, that it's not the will of the Father that any man should die, so, so, so that any should perish. And we know that this is not His desire, but men do. Are you with me? We're not enforcing our, um, our uh, uh, belief onto anybody else, but those who believe must choose to believe. We can't get anybody saved by holding a gunpoint at their hand. So there's this, uh, so, 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 uh, but the problem is, is that our ideology, the other side of the aisle is enforcing, well, you know, they can't exist with, okay, you do whatever you want to, you go live. You want to believe in uh, uh, transgenderism and uh, uh, identify with whatever you think you, there's only since the beginning of civilization, when you came out of your mother's womb, you were either a male or a female. You don't get to decide what you are when you come out of your mother's womb. Yeah. 
And if you want to believe that, fine. But don't come here and tell me my biblical belief and come and tell me my worldview, which is a Christian, a Judeo-Christian worldview. You cannot come here and try to enforce your thing on us and tell us, come on, are you with me? That's the problem is that the other side doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's not a two-way street. Why would they be against the voice of righteousness? Because it's the only thing holding them back from their wickedness. If we are out of their hair, they can do whatever they want. If we are out of their hair, they can advance their agenda. So the opposite spirit comes along with fear and intimidation. You know, you look at the things right now, riots are happening all around the face of the earth. Somebody said, well, I didn't come to church to listen to this stuff. Please preach from the Bible. I'm preaching to you from the Bible today and I'm telling you what's happening on a global event because these are the times that you, are, you and I are living in and we better make sure that we are on track understanding so that we are aware of the enemy's plots and plans so that we are not caught off guard and that we never get into fear because it's not like we didn't see it coming so that you can begin to build yourself up in your most holy faith so that you do not walk in a spirit of fear, but you begin to walk in faith. God is for you. He is not against you. If Come on, if He's for you, who can be against you? So don't tell me I'm not preaching from the Bible here today. I'm preaching to you biblical truth based on a world that we are living in right now. So you have the opposite spirit of the gospel. The enemy comes to rob, to kill, and to destroy. He comes that he may have life and life more abundantly. The Spirit of God is a life-enforcing Spirit that produces life, healing, restoration. The Spirit of Lucifer is there to rob, to kill, and to destroy, and to take life, and to mutilate you, to mutilate this world, to break up this thing called the nucleus of family. Is there to destroy all of that. And then intimidate you. And that's what I was saying. There's all these riots going on around the world. But you know, there's a few people that come up there and stand up for their rights, so to speak, whether they're saved or not. They are seeing their countries going to hell in a handbasket at the hand of the government that has allowed things to come right into their, I mean, come on, are you, listen, they, the, there is a spirit that is, that is trying to transform nations that have existed for years. So we'll leave the masses to chant whatever they want to chant, but then the guy that's in the right that comes up against it, he gets thrown in jail and the populace, the messed up situation gets to carry on. It's happening in New York right now. It's happening in the streets of London. London, let me tell you right now, God help London. God help the United States of America. God help France if it's, well, of course, he's, he can do anything he wants to. And it's very possible. 
but with the eye of man, is a too late for friends. Because it's, it's Francophate right now. France has become a, a caliphate almost. Come on, let me just say, the, 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 motto, the motto operandi of this demonic spirit is infiltrate. There's three words for it. Something infiltrate and the last word is caliphate. So there is no, there's no coexisting. It is there with an agenda to convert you to its demonic force. And what kind of religion has you by the power of weaponry and by the power of intimidation give, come on, what kind of people are serving under that spirit? Apart from fear being the primary force, what kind of God gets you to serve Him under the spirit of fear? And I feel very instructed here lately to really do an in-depth study. I've already ordered a book. My dad swears. My dad was a, was a uh, you know, he, he was a theologian. He was a, a very well, well-learned man. Uh, and and one, one of the two things that he studied the most was end-time eschatology. And then the other part of it was that he did world religions. And some of the stuff that we're going through was stuff that he spoke about 15, 20 years ago before it was a problem. So, so let's just carry on here. Let me just get into, um, and please, uh, is this okay? Because the other part of this is I have to speak up. I feel the instruction of the Holy Spirit to speak up. America needs to wake up. And that's why I feel like, okay, should I talk about this now? Because right now, the, 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 a lot of the church has got their pants down. Just the same way it was before COVID hit and somewhat of a wake up came. And then now we've lulled back to sleep again. Come on. Somewhere... In, in somewhere nearby, you know, and, and please understand, I'm not coming from a critical spirit, but we have to wake up as a church. Amen. It's not an hour, and nor has it ever been, but it's certainly not an hour to try and learn biblical proofs that we can identify in the Barbie movie at church on Sunday, so we'll make it a five, six week series. Tickle people's ear, make them feel comfortable. Just carry on bringing your tithes and your offerings and we'll give you whatever you need. And, and, and believe me, I'm not being judgmental. I'm not being judgmental. If Jesus was alive today, he would be unpopular. That's right. Just think about that for a moment. He'd be turning over tables all over again. Come on.
So don't think it's strange. So persecution's coming, but we're not, we don't need to live in fear. Okay? It says, but to the degree that the sufferings of Christ keeps on rejoicing so that at revelation of His glory, you may rejoice with the exaltation if you are reviled for the name of Christ. In other words, so if you are persecuted and tortured on the account of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of the glory rests upon you. Make sure that none of you suffers as murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed but is to glorify God in His name for it is time. Now I want you to understand here, this is probably the most misquoted verse of Scripture that the church uses. Just going into here. Now it says, For it is time for judgment to begin in the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what shall be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel? And if, the, and if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Now, I want you to understand here, the whole, the whole, everything here, that's why you've got to take everything in context. Because if you take the word text out of the con, you're just left with the con. So Paul, Peter is speaking about the suffering of the suffering for the gospel. And then he comes to this place where he says, don't you know that it's time for the judgment of God to begin in the house of God? And we've got the whole world talking about the judgment of God's happening in the church. In other words, God's right hand is going about to open up a can of whoop, you know what, over his own people. Peter's not even talking about that. What is the judgment here? Let me ask you something. If I, if I get Brother Tony right now and I am coming against him for his faith, and I'm gonna tell him, I'm gonna make sure nobody comes to your business. He is, and, and it's for the purpose of, of his, his belief. And I'm gonna make sure nobody does any business with you, Christian you, you filthy person. How can you say this and this and this about this people group and that people group? You are a race, racist. You are a this, you are a that. And we begin to label them. What do you think I'm doing? Number one, he's receiving persecution, but I am bringing what against him? Another word for it, judgment. I'm bringing judgment as an unbeliever. I am bringing persecution, but I'm bringing judgment against you as a believer. You are being judged by an unbeliever for your righteousness. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel? Peter is saying, listen, persecution and judgment is coming to the house of God for the name of Jesus Christ. You don't have to worry 
about what's gonna happen to them. Their time is coming. And if you think, listen to me what I'm telling you right now. If you think judgment, if you're feeling this judgment here on the earth, let me tell you right now, you have no idea what's coming to them on account of what they're doing. You let God be God and He'll deal with the rest. Your judgment might be in the form of this persecution, but they've got something coming their way. That's the context Peter's talking in. It's not that we are not in the time of the judgments of God until, until the restrainer is gone. Oh, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Let's go to Thessalonians. Let's go to Thessalonians really quickly. Come on. Thessalonians, da, 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 da. where are you? All right. Second Thessalonians, that is. Chapter 2. Thank you very much. He saw my invisible message before I preached it. It says here, Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together. In fact, I want to read this from the New Living Translation. Let me pull this up here. We spoke about translations not too long ago. I want to read a thought for thought translation, which this Bible holds very, very credible as a thought for thought translation. So in other words, all context is there. And Timothy would say, rightly dividing the word of truth, it's being rightly divided. Let me go ahead and get it here. Lord, help me. Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet Him. All right, it's talking about the coming of Jesus. Do not be so easily shaken or alarmed by, by those who say the day of the Lord has already begun. We went through that last week. This is not the end. Wars, rumors of war, do not be, do not be uh, frightened with all of these things. And it says, it is not the end. All right, so this is just actually uh, um, tying up with that. Don't be easily shaken or alarmed by those uh, that, that say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Do not believe them, even if they claim to have had uh, a, uh, a spiritual vision and a revelation or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be taken by visions of what people say. If visions do not line up with the Scripture, we have God's holy Word to go by. That is it. Right. Oh, but so-and-so said this and they saw. I don't care what you saw. And I don't care how big your ministry is. We are not led by visions. We are led by the Word of God. The Word is what directs us. The Scripture is what directs us. And that is the method that we stay accountable to the truth of the Word of God. Because there's an entire movement that is just based on the supernatural without any roots in 
the Word of God. And the moment you say, I know the Word says this, but you're in trouble. You're in big trouble, big trouble, because then you will open yourself up to every demonic spirit that is too eager to come and lead you off path. It's not a book of options and when we run out of ideas, we go to the next book. It's not a, uh, this is kind of like, you know, sort of a barometer for truth, but we know more. Come on. So don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision and a revelation. And Paul said, he said, listen, if anybody comes and preaches anything other than what I've taught you, let him, even if, he says, even if an angel comes, I don't care if an angel comes and sings the star-spangled banner to you and says, what, 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 what? If it does not line up with the Word of God, we reject it in the name of Jesus. Even if it sounds subtly spiritual and that is the deception because it's not gonna come like, hey, I'm, I'm leading you. The, what the Bible says isn't though. The devil is an angel of light. He masquerades with deception. You know the thing with deception? The bad thing about deception is that it's deceiving. Ha. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, just give me a few moments, yeah? So don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. And some of the great scholars of this world will tell you the man of lawlessness that is going to be revealed is the Antichrist. Why is it that some scriptures talk? Now I understand, we, which is biblically correct to understand this. There is the person of the Antichrist, which we see in the Word of God, but then the Word also uses the word Antichrist or Antichrists. So you can have, you can have people operating in an Antichrist spirit. You have the Antichrist, and then there's also the usage of the word Antichrists. Remember, Hang on a second. Matthew chapter 24. I need to take you a little bit further down. I believe it's in verse 36. Where is it? Matthew 24 verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Of that day, nobody knows except the Father. Not even Jesus knows when the Father is gonna blow the trumpet to return, but we've got a lot of wizards here on the earth that are giving names and dates. They know more than Jesus apparently. No man nor the Son, only the Father, which by virtue means if only the Father, not even Satan knows. Right. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's right. Satan
Satan is not even aware. He can only look at the seasons and the times and how far his thing is advanced to try to operate. And I believe that the word Antichrist and Christ with the S on the end, I believe there's an S on the end is because Satan has always had an Antichrist trying to manifest because he doesn't know when the return. He's always had an Antichrist waiting in the wings. He's always had somebody in place to fulfill that purpose as an antichrist. And I believe that's why some of these major dictators that have been on the earth as Satan's attempt to have an antichrist writing in the wings should God decide to pull the plug. Because he doesn't know when that's gonna be. Anybody with me? Is this okay? Yes. Just trying to make sure. We're, I went all the way into Timothy. Timothy, I, I apologize. We're not with you today. Now, do not be fooled what they say, for the day will not come until the great, a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. He will exalt himself and defy everything that the people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. What temple? That's the third temple. The third temple is not even built yet. But I do know from some people that the third temple has already been drawn out, designed, built in pieces. And if they have to erect up the third temple within 16 to 18 months, that building will be ready to go. Already. It's already there, ready to go. And this man's going to be sitting in that temple. Hello? All right. So, all right. So we know that, we know that the, the forces of darkness are pushing. Yeah. The church is, come on, the Bible says in the book of Romans that creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. The Bible says in Matthew 24, that the earth is in birth pangs. In other words, we are in labor and the contractions are coming quicker and something is about to happen. We are living in unprecedented times. And I'm just gonna switch over here right back to the, the New American Standard Bible here for this in Second Thessalonians. Listen to me really carefully. For the mystery of lawlessness, uh, let me go back to verse four. So um, uh, verse five, do, not, do you not remember that I was still with you? I was telling you these things and you know what restrains him now. And you know what restrains him now. So that in this time, he will be revealed. In his time, he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, somebody say he, he. 
who now, you don't have to say the rest of it, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Only he who restrains, if he who is restrained is taken away, then the man of lawlessness can come. So in other words, there is something that has an authority in the earth that has a greater authority because the man of lawlessness cannot be revealed until he is taken out of the way. In other words, there is a body and the earth right now who has a greater authority because if he had a lesser authority, the man of lawlessness would already believe would already be in the earth. So we're not yet there. Amen. We, are, we are rapidly approaching to it. Yes, Let me go ahead and say this. Isn't it amazing that if we think there's chaos in the world today and the man of lawlessness is still not being made manifest. And by the way, the tribulation, until, until he sits Inside of that temple, the tribulation has not begun yet. Amen. For seven years. And for, for, for you to do that, do a deep dive on the 70 weeks of Daniel. And we're already in the 69th week. So if you think the earth is wicked, we haven't seen it yet. We have not seen wickedness. Why? Because there is. And by the way, let me just throw this in here. If you read in, in uh, 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 John, the 16th chapter, let's just talk about the Holy Spirit here who empowers the one who is restraining him. Come on, he has been, the, there is the church and the Holy Spirit that are the divine agencies of God preventing the lawless one from being made manifest. Yet why? Because we have a superior power, but there will come a time where there will be the catching up in the air, the rapture of the church, the catching away of the church in which the one who is holding or restraining the lawless one will be taken out of the way. And when there is no church to contend with the enemy anymore, the earth will have a season of having its wickedness and heyday at that time. But it has not happened yet. There is, come on, there is birth pangs. There is the labour pains that are happening in the earth right now. And God is preparing the church because we are going to witness the greatest move of the Holy Spirit, a fire that will sweep through this nation because like I said on Thursday night that this gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the basilia, the rule and dominion of God, of the one, come on, the restrainer of God, the basilia of God in the earth, that there is going to be that perfect number. How many of you know Jesus, when He comes for His church, is gonna wanna bring as many as He possibly can to avoid a time where the lawless one is in place. And whenever that number is that only the Father knows, He will be coming down in a cloud. Amen. And when it comes down to the details of how that all looks, I really don't care. I just know He's coming for us. I'm not going to sit here and dissect and get, uh, you know, go into semantics and all of that. We know Jesus is coming for the church. 
Why am I even preaching this? Because just, I just feel like irritating the devil right now. Because we live in, in, a, in a new age uh, a world where so much new ageism is trying to creep into the church. Doctrines of devils. The Holy Spirit is the feminine part of the Godhead. He is not a female. The Bible is very clear about the Holy Spirit. When God, Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit, He uses the terminology of He, the Holy Spirit. God is, the Holy Spirit is not the woman of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is powerful. Don't tell me He's the woman of the God. He is the executor. He is, the Bible says, He is the dunamis of God. When the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power. When He comes, you shall receive dynamite, explosive, nuclear, spiritual power. But now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, but where you're going? Because I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart, John 16. But I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. And he, when he He, He comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and of judgment. We need a revival. Listen, sorry, ladies, I'm not, this is not a negative. You'll understand. Let me, get, let me get to where I'm going right now. We need a revival of He in the earth. We need a revival of He, not a, I don't know what I am, a, 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 a culture that has tried to demasculate men. It's time for a revival of men of God to rise up in the earth. Men of God. And that whole thing is nothing more than more, more ideology that lends to that that feminine spirit, which is good. I'm talking about the feminine thing that's been trying to impose on men. And we say we want feminism in our woman. Let the woman be woman and the men be men. Doctrines of devils. And let me just go ahead and say this while I'm on that note, because I really want to go after this a little bit more here. The whole feminist movement was never, it was by design to break up the nucleus of family. It was never about empowering you and make you feel good. It was about breaking down the family. It was about taking you out of the house, out of the way of your kids to put you into a corporate America so that the nucleus of family would be broken. That's why it was designed. These people have long-term goals in their plans to destroy a nation. They sit and they play chess games and they play their moves and they wonder, how are we going to achieve our goals? 
And the fruit of that has produced a rebellious, a rebellious children in our nation that have no respect for authority. Zero. Do what they want, whenever they want. They are living in an... Uh, and, and in fact, the government wants you to think that they, they own your children. There's legislation being passed right now where if you're... Now, I know in somewhere in North Carolina or South Carolina, they are already passing resolutions that if your child is between the age of 12 and 17, whatever prescriptions they give is not to be notified to the parents. Because they believe they own your parents and you own your kids and you don't even own them yourself. And if you think, if you, like we're going through some wicked times, but just remember this, the enemy cannot fully have his way. As long as you and I are in the earth with the Holy Spirit. He cannot fully do what He needs to do. But we have a time and the clock is ticking because there is coming a time where God is going to come. And only He knows that hour. And the moment that happens, we will be living in a different dispensation and the judgments will begin to rain down. I'm talking about a time where half of the earth's population will be wiped off of the map. I'm not making that up. It's, it's in the Word. We're not, we're, the restrainer is still here. And, and I, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say this. There is no military weapon that has ever been invented that at some point was never used. In other words, it got, they made use of it. And I'm not going to be dogmatic about it. In other words, what I'm about to tell you is not Bible doctrine. So please. Oh, when, 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 when the restrainer is taken, do you know that there is not one single shred, one single, there's nothing about America in there. You've got names of 15 other nations, but America's not in there. I'm just going to make a suggestion. When the rapture of the Lord Jesus Christ happens, and I'm sorry that I'm having to talk about this stuff, but I told you I've got to talk about it. When the rapture of the Lord Jesus happened, you take somewhere like Turkey, for instance. When the rapture happens, something like 50 or 60 million Turkish people, there is such a small group of Christians when the rapture happens, they might not even notice. You take America. And for those that are optimistic, I mean, if you want to be a little bit conservative, the optimistic side is that there is about 130 million believers. But let's just go down to being conservative and saying 60 to 90 million. When the trumpet blows... 
and 60 to 90 million people are taken out of a nation at one time when the restrainer has been taken out. The economy will implode in 48 hours without a workforce of 60 to 90 people showing up to their business place. You want to talk about wickedness showing up within hours of an event like that? The spirit of greed will be rampant. There will be pillaging. There will be insanity on the streets. And everybody that's in the UN, United Nations that have sworn and made it a promise to destroy America will have their moment at that time. but the restrainer is still in the earth. The Holy Spirit indwelling the church. Come on, somebody. Oh, is, are we, is it okay? Are we not supposed to talk about these things inside of church? This is not about making the people of God afraid. This is to give you courage. We're still here. That means the restrainer is here. That means the enemy cannot fully operate. Remember this, the man of lawlessness cannot come because the restrainer is here, which means we have authority over the restrainer. He is not allowed to show up while we are in this earth. Oh, come on, somebody. And we have a window of time. What happens if Jesus only comes in 20 years from now? It does not matter. What matters is that we understand the urgency of the hour that is now upon us. A time in existence of humanity that has never been seen before. A time in existence where technologies to do things to actually control an entire planet are in place. And the reason why I'm talking about nuclear weapons, actually when I was talking about no weapon that has ever been made by man, there's not a weapon that has not yet been used. In other words, at some point, some people that are greedy for power will eventually use those. And great theologians, this is what I'm saying, this is not doctrine here. Great theologians that say when the restrainer is gone and that many people leave out of the United States of America, that the world will have its heyday to take America down. And somebody said there's something on the calendar since America was one of the first people to use atomic weapons, that there's something on the timetable that has been set for it to get a return of what it sent out first. So what will America look like when the restrainer is gone? Why is it not amongst the nations that we read? Is it possible? Not saying, it's not doctrine, remember. But we, we, we have to be ready. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. We are the bride of Christ. Right. And the message here today is be postured in a place of readiness for Him. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And when we take the cold shower of sobriety and we submit to the Word of God and understand that where we're at, we are now positioning. What does the bride want to do on the day that she's going to be going to see the groom? She is adorning herself. She is making herself ready to walk down the aisle to meet the groom. Are you with me? So the groom is there. She's making herself ready. We are in a place right now that the bride must be made ready for the church. And being, let me just go ahead and say this. That church that is that bride is not gonna be a broken down bride with holes in her tattered in her dress. She's it's not gonna be holy, it's not gonna be broken down. It is gonna be a powerful church full of power and glory. God's not coming back for a he's not coming back out of self-pity for he's not coming back to because he pities the church or that he needs to come to it. No, he is coming to a church that is a glorious church. Hallelujah. So while we have breath in our bodies and we understand the times that we are living in, we must be busy doing the will of the Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. His kingdom come. The basilia of God. His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's why the Lord's put a shower ministry in your hands because He, he wants to use you. But other, some of you are, of God may be speaking to you about other things. God wants to use you in this place. It's not time to pick your nose and artificially change gears in your head. Sorry. Come on. The Lord's calling to you today. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. Every part of you. So before he comes, you need to know we are in the greatest hour in the history of the church. We are not to fear. We are not to be afraid. It's time to kick butt and take some names. That's what I'm saying. Let's take dominion. Let's take dominion. Let's inherit the earth. Everywhere the soles of our feet shall tread has He given unto us. Let's manifest Him everywhere we go. He's on the inside of you. God's not waiting on you. You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. Oh God, He's saying, would you just go and be used by me, please? In Jesus' name, I've given you the Holy Spirit. Come on, He's on the inside. The power of God dwells on the, the very same power that rose me from the dead is on the inside of you. Go ye into all the world. I've got to be careful because next Sunday, everybody might be gone to some foreign nation because you went to preach the Gospel. Praise God that we'll just fill up the church one more time. More will come. When more people will come, that's fine. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Go out and multiply. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you blessed you came to church today? All right, that's enough said. I kind of feel like I've offloaded what I need to offload here today. For those of you watching my way of live stream, God bless you. Thank you for 
sticking with us. We want to welcome you to Destiny today. Also, if you are giving and this message has blessed your heart, go ahead and click on the Your Support button where you can give safely and securely. If you're here, you can use the same option or you can write out checks to DRM or you can actually um, text the word GIVE to 434-3777. For those of you that are online, you can also text that number, uh, 434, uh, sorry, 337-434-3777, where you can get a link to, text, uh, to give safely and securely. God bless you. Thank you for coming. In Jesus' name, that applies to everybody here. I want to just appeal to, to you here before I close out. And then we're going to have these chairs or just the side. We're going to take just these side of the chairs and we're going to go ahead and stack them over here. Uh, For those of you that are looking for the offering basket or the offering, it's in the front over here. We have to move it out for the food. Um, And then we're going to have the trailer open once the chairs are in and then we're going to bring the tables and chairs in. But I want to appeal to you. Maybe you're here today. And you say, man, listen, I'm just not quite where I should be in my relationship with the Lord. And I'm not here to be the voice of guilt and shame and condemnation, but God loves you. And all you have to do is make a decision and a choice in your heart right now. Say, Lord, I'm not living like I should be for you. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy to come and operate in my life. Say this, Lord, I've invited you into my life. Lord, I want to reaffirm that. Just begin, as I'm saying this to you, speak in your heart right now. Speak even with your mouth. Confess with your mouth. Say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins on that cross. Every one of them was taken upon your body. Lord, I I choose to give my life to you. I choose to to give back to you everything that you've done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. And then let's get the party started. Let's go ahead. God bless you, everybody. Thank you for coming. Please stay and eat and fellowship and bless the food. In Jesus' name, sanctified. Amen. Amen.